0: You're listening to Behind the Viewfinder podcast, where you can relate as client or as service-based entrepreneur. Listen in on behind the scenes of client projects, the latest image capturing trends, and recommendations for your photo or video needs. Here's your host, Andy Coles. Hey! Welcome to another episode of Behind the Viewfinder podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, thanks for dropping by. This is where we talk about photo and video capturing things related. We also discuss topics about what a client might be curious or interested in when it comes to image capturing services. So grab a scoop of stuffing and get comfy because we're getting this podcast started. Uh, guys, today I am coming from a different uh, centralized podcasting spot, aka the bedroom. Normally I do this stuff in my uh, office space, but given that I am doing this at a different hour of time of the day because of my uh, schedule I have had, I am uh, confined to this room to avoid cats meowing and dinner being cooked and such. So thanks to Heidi for uh, taking that up, making dinner. I appreciate it because I like to eat, I don't want like to go to bed hungry, who does? All right anyways we are into episode 22 this is the second part of the series or technically like three part series of talking about artificial lighting and the benefits of it and how to improve that for you so what we're going to be talking about is basically almost the same things we were talking about last time but now how to use two light sources and how that can benefit you um when you're lighting your subjects, okay? So let's start off with the traditional one again. We're talking about Rembrandt lighting. We had originally, we had this talking about that your placement is wanting to be at the four o'clock position or the seven o'clock position. And again, if you're lost on why I'm using clock terminology, go back to episode 21 and you'll get a grasp on that, okay? All right, so moving forward. So for Rembrandt lighting use a two, uh, using a two light setup, You'll want to put your your light source at the four and two o'clock or uh vice versa use it at the seven and the eleven o'clock okay now or i'm sorry seven and ten o'clock what will it? what will this achieve well first of all again well we're going to achieve the classic rembrandt lighting we're gonna have the little triangle that's on the corner of the face of the opposite side of the light now by creating the um or placing the second light let's talk about the two o'clock position one you're going to create an outline or otherwise known as a hair light this will outline your subject and obviously you're going to want to have the flash point to the center of the subject okay right so this will create a hair light create an outline and basically it'll help your image your subject pop it's separating the separation between the shadows and the background and your subject that's in the foreground, okay? Now, same thing, if you wanna do this on the other side, and I, I always favor the right side for some reason because that seems that a lot of my clients like to have their uh, left side portrait uh, taken, but for the most part, that's usually what I, where I'm at. But anyways, on the other side, yes, you can do it at the uh, seven o'clock and the 10 o'clock. And again, this will create that separation in your uh, photos which is actually it's really cool because once you've seen that you just get hooked on how you see the image pop and the clarity of the colors it's it's really amazing all right and for those of you who are shooting on mirrorless cameras or cameras that can actually do a live view and you can dial in your settings and if you have that high speed sync man it just looks so awesome that you can dial in how you want the surrounding or ambient area to look now for example if you were like maybe in somewhere that kind of resembled like a foresty kind of like backdrop with all kinds of leaves and, and browns and autumn colors when you have the ability to dial in and have your highlights crushed you can see and preserve all those colors and details and then when you pop on that flash and you modify and you, you bring your subjects you know, obviously lit up and brighter, it just looks so much more high definition and your clients will thank you for it. And not only will you be like, wow, this is amazing. You're gonna be like, holy smokes, did I just take that? Uh, I mean, literally this past Monday, I had a client and she wanted some portraits outside. And it w- what time was it? My goodness, it was noon. It was the worst time of day, right? Noon, what does it do? It creates harsh shadows. And so what did I have to do to combat, combat that I had to use my, uh, go 8,200 as my main source. And then I used my pocket flash or my little, you know, yeah, pocket flash, uh, basically to help separate her from the background and what happened, preserve the details. Everything just looks freaking stunning and the colors are, you know, superb and it just, it looks like, wow, like, I'm looking at this person without any kind of like flaw or indication that this was taking at high noon. Okay. Off my, my soapbox for that one. Uh, A little bit of the selfish plug of saying, uh, look what I did. (laughs) All right. So moving on now, the next one we talked about was butterfly lighting, right? So this is where we talked about placing your light source at the six or the seven. Now with this, it creates a little bit of shadow, it creates a little bit of depth and so, the I'm sorry, not this, not the seven, six, and seven. The butterfly lighting is basically where you put the uh, flash at the six o'clock position. So it'll be above you, but it'll be slightly forty-five degrees pointed down at your subject. What does this do? This creates um, very flattering for your 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 subjects, but at the same time. The flattery also makes that your image is also flat. There's not a lot of dimension to that. You're not getting a lot of that lighting. Therefore that butterfly shape is gonna come underneath the nose and right by the nostrils. So how can you make this even better? Well, having a second light is what you can do is they, this is called a clam approach. You basically have another light or a speed light underneath your subject, and this will be obviously right in front of your camera, your lens, and you'll want to have it again pointed, um, in a 45 degree fashion towards your subject's face. And this will obviously want to be a lower power setting than what your main light source or your key light is. And this, what this will do, will it will still give a little bit of shadows, but for the most part, it's going to fill in all those spots that normally, if you just had one light source, it's going to help fill in, fill it in and it'll just look even more so flattering. So already as it was with one single light source, it's a very flattering photo, but still with some contrast with some shadows. But now when you have a second light to clam, oh man, we're talking uber flattering. This technique is usually tend to be or tend to be used for uh, fashion shoots. Some people um, will tend to use maybe like a modifier box, underneath the person that's maybe a rectangular source or maybe they'll use a opposing um, dish, which is basically a reflective surface which will bounce the light. So in case you don't wanna buy another flash and have to worry about syncing it up, you can just use the one primary flash and the light will bounce off that um, that source panel and f- again, fill in those shadows. I, I don't men- I think I mentioned this beforehand, but yes, this is a type of technique that is used for a lot of glamor shots, especially when you're getting that really tight face portraiture. It's going to be super awesome because what it'll do is again, all those blemishes that you have, it'll co- not cover it up, but it'll just basically fill in a lot of the spaces. And also too, if you're maybe photographing someone who is maybe a little more mature uh, in, in age, that's also a good way to also help fill in those wrinkle lines. Okay. So think about that the next time that you're doing your, your portrait sessions, if you do have someone that has a little more uh, of an aged or mature face, use the clam approach. All right. So that's for butterfly lighting next. Okay. Now we're talking about the loop lighting. This is the one we're talking about where it's the five o'clock and the seven o'clock position. This creates a little bit of depth. This creates a little bit of contrast because now again, with having that source, you're having that loop that's coming down from the nose. Now, having two lights set up, this is optimal for, if you have couples, right? So if they're standing and they're holding each other or whatever it is, because chances are if you're doing one single light source, right, one person's going to be lit up and the other won't. And in that case, if that happens to be so, and you only have one single light, always light the, 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 uh, the female where you want it to be very feminine, very flattering. And then whatever spillage will bounce off of her will basically illuminate the guy and just give that really chiseled and very masculine look and which is totally cool. So it works out. But if you have two light sources, now you can really illuminate both of them. So both of them can look very uh, you know, flattering and it'll sort of in the, in the sense really help them pop out a little bit more. Now, with loop lighting too what you can also do is you can have it placed in a sense where it's uh, five and then you can let's say have it at three o'clock again what this will do will create a hair light and it'll separate the uh, subject from the background now again if you're having a masculine and a feminine obviously you're going to want to have it where it the light source will project and favor feminine side and then bounce off again to your male so keep that in mind it's a really great technique for males or not males for couples and it'll help out again pop out your subject just that much more hey i'm breaking up this podcast real quick to let you know i want to get inspired and see the awesome work you're creating so tag me in your photos and your videos on instagram at tvf photos also, if you want more in-depth show notes about this podcast, visit my website at wwwtvfphotoscom slash blogs. You're, you're listening to Behind the Viewfinder podcast. All right, next, we're moving on to flat lighting. Flat lighting is where the light source is directly behind you or in front of you. The the direction of the light is spilling in the direction that your lens is pointing, right? So if your lens is pointing slightly down below, you'll want to have the same thing that your light is doing, but you want to be almost to the scent where your source of light is still flush with your lens. Okay. So this is where even having um, a, like I said before, having a foam core board, and then have it bounce off that to fill out evenly will probably be be the best way to do this. Now, what can you do with flat lighting? Well, flat lighting, again, not a whole lot of dimension to this one. If anything, this is the one that has least dimension. And so what will happen is is that your, your subject will just kind of just blend into the background with this kind of lighting. But again, blemish is gone. Uh, eyes will be really lit. The iris will look super intense, but having a second light source will allow you again to guess what? Pop out the image and give a hair light. So with the hair light, again, you'll want to do the same thing is have the uh, the, the light source at the 12 o'clock and behind the subject. So again, you can't see it and then pop off so this way again. It'll create separation and now you see this really super flattering image. This is also a technique that's also used for glamor and also like fashion product, if they're using for uh, skincare. So the also thing to this is that for the backlighting, it's gonna wanna be probably just as strong, if not a little stronger than your main source so it gives out that edging of your subject, all right? Now, Another thing that you can do if you wanted to, to create some separation is using a modifier, like a gel. Now with this one, you probably wouldn't want to point the the, uh, flash that's behind them directly at them because it probably won't fill out a whole lot. Now, if you do have a wall drop, that'll be optimal. And that's where you can turn the, the flash the opposite way and the gel will fill out the background. And now you have a colored stylized portrait which is cool too, and also again, add separation. Now I understand, yes, if you do have um, a, uh, you don't have a backdrop and you're, you're outside, okay, yeah. What you'll probably wanna do is lean towards colors that obviously have a lot more contrast to what your background is. So if you have an orange or a yellow color, maybe that might help for a lot of like browns or even um, greens, if you're having that in your background, and then vice versa, if you have reds and orange and yellows and browns, then maybe go with something like totally abstract and go with like maybe purple. Um, you can go with blue um, or even, uh, I guess you, you probably could use maybe something like, uh, like yellow, I think, maybe. In my head, it, it sounds right, but now I'm thinking about it. Anyways, I digress, but you get the feeling, right? Or you get the, you get the, the uh, principle behind this is separation is hap- happening when you add that gel and it just, it just stylizes your, your uh, portrait that much more. All right. So now next one, we're talking about split lighting. Split lighting was our one that we talked about that was super aggressive, right? super masculine, uh, One side of the portrait is basically lit up. The other is very shadowy um, and left intentionally that way to give depth. Now, what could you do for this one? This one you can do where you position the light still nine and three. And this is great because now it illuminates both the cut. Like if you did couples, this illuminates the whole thing. And then let's say that you wanted to have a little bit of shadow on the side, like the middle. It's going to be a little defined, but not as much, um, and that's going to be probably optimal also for teams or couples. If you have that, it'll help out. Just give that overall filled light source, as if you had this like mega light that was basically filling up all of your whole area. You can all probably also kind of do that where it was maybe an eight and four position, um, creating where the light has to spill maybe if you have a wider set of a team or maybe family portraits that are just wider too you can use that um you can use that technique as well and again no one gets left out no one gets you know shadowed and covered up this is not the worst though right when you're like you're in a group setting and everyone's like yeah i'm taking pictures and someone's like casting a shadow over you and you're like yeah, that's my eyeballs right there in the picture. That's me. Hey, <laughs> or people who maybe are like shorter, they always trying to get like smothered between like armpits and like shoulders or other heads and stuff through like the shoulders in the family. I don't suffer from that, but I'm just saying from people that I've seen in the past, it's like, oh, poor you. But if you have that lighting it again, it'll basically help trim out everybody and get everyone's face lit so you can see actually who is in the shot. All right. Um, next one, we're talking about halo lighting. Halo. Um, again, we have the light source directly above your subject pointed down at the top of their head. And we said that this one can be used one of two ways. It can be used to be super edgy and masculine, or it can be super feminine. So the way to achieve the femininity is to have the subject looking up. And then the light will spill, basically showering the person with light. Um, otherwise, if the person is looking directly at you, it'll make the person look very chiseled. Uh, if they have, especially if they already have muscle definition, it'll just be that much more intense. They'll look shredded like a Julian salad, basically. <laughs> um, all, and then so how would you basically stylize this with a second light? You're thinking, well, would I have two or one for the bottom? No. Again. What are we, what's been the theme lately? We've been talking about edging out, but creating that hair light. So you can still do that in a sense, or again, if you have a backdrop, you can put a slap of gel and boom, now you have a crazy stylized portrait of some cool color and then some light spill, right? So that's another way to use halo lighting when people are saying, don't do halo lighting, it is bad. So um, that's pretty much, how to use two light sources uh, the campfire one really i mean you can still do that also you can do where the bottom light from the uh, towards the up to give that really scary mysterious look and then create an edge light also to create our hair light and then put place that directly behind them or to the side, and if I was doing this to the side to create that very mysterious and very scary look, I would probably position that light at the like three o'clock position, maybe even the two, probably the two o'clock, so that you don't illuminate too much of the face, uh, so you can create that very monstrous look. All right. So, anyways, guys, I, that's the 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 course we're talking about for two lights. Um, next week we're going to be talking about three light source setup and that's usually been my, my bread and butter lately is a three light setup. That one's really cool because you have a lot more options. Uh, and then hopefully what I'm trying to do is that hopefully by the next following podcast after that I can interview somebody who in my opinion is, has been really great with lighting sources uh, and just creative gelling and stuff and just I want to pick his brain and get you guys some information to help you out as well. Um, and I still have to ask them, that's the other important thing, right? So hopefully he's up to it and, uh, we'll get that going. I had some questions, uh, on my Instagram. I had asked if you had any questions about lighting, hit me up. Uh, one of the questions was how do I light up a room? If I'm doing teaching, I know a lot of people right now are doing like zoom classes, whether it's instructing kids for school, or if you're actually demonstrating for class, for dance, for uh, movement, education, or for fitness. And um, I believe it was episode 12, I believe it is, but I will throw it in real quick. You can use a work lamp if you are not a photographer or a videographer, you can use a work lamp to fill in your room. A lot of these ones now that are LED powered that even if they're like 30 or 60 watts, they're almost gonna be equivalent to like 300 watts. So you can use that point it up to your ceiling, it'll it'll cascade all the light down, fill in the shadows and the gaps, create separation. If you didn't want something so aggressive like that, you can always use foam, foam core boards and have the light bouncing off the foam core board and then on back, reflecting it back, back to you. So the only problem with that is if you have anything in the foreground, it'll create a shadow in the background. So pick your poison. Uh, I would probably go with the point to the ceiling. It, that's it tends to be a little more natural anyways. And then the other question was, uh, thanks to uh, AJ, uh, what is light? Um, I feel like that's a very philosophical question. What is what is light? Is it, is it just like a combustion of gas that we're seeing? Is it constant explosions? Is it, is it something that's a figment of our imagination? Is it something that we're just thinking we're achieving? I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't have anything super awesome or informative about that one. But nonetheless, very worth bringing that up. So AJ, thanks for asking. And uh, that's it for me, guys. Episode 22, we're wrapping it up. You know what happens next. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening and happy clicking.